Hello and welcome to Gender and the Screen, the podcast. I'm Nick Angus. And I'm April Austin. In this podcast, we explore the issue of gender diversity in the Australian screen industry, particularly focusing on the representation of women in behind-the-camera roles. So that's directors, producers, writers and cinematographers, to name a few. Throughout this series, we will be talking to both female and male creatives and academics about their experiences with gender diversity. In this episode, we talk to Sue Maslin. Sue was the producer of one of Australia's most successful films, The Dressmaker, and has worked on countless other award-winning productions. In 2019, Sue was appointed as an officer of the Order of Australia for her service to the Australian film industry. Sue is one of Australia's most highly acclaimed creatives and is deeply involved in the industry's efforts to achieve greater gender equality as a patron of the organisation Women in Film and Television and as the current president of the Natalie Miller Fellowship. Here she is. So my name's Sue Maslon and I'm a screen producer and I've been uh, in the business really of storytelling and trying to connect what I hope are really um, powerful and engaging ideas uh, with audiences. And I've been doing that as a producer across all sorts of screen formats. So feature films, uh, television, digital media, the web, also um, augmented reality uh, work for phone. And to me, it's irrelevant really uh, which screen you work on as long as the screen makes sense for how you want to connect that idea with audiences. So uh, in that time, I've uh, been producing a number of documentary films and those films tend to have been around social and political and historical themes because I'm really, really interested in the kinds of stories that fall in between the gaps you know, the missing uh, gaps in history or the miscarriages of justice or the stories that haven't been told. And in particular, I'm really interested in women's stories. And that's shown up not only in the documentary work, but also in the feature films. So the feature films have included films like Road to Nil or Japanese Story, which starred Tony Collette, or um, most recently and well-known The Dressmaker, which um, starred Kate Winslet and uh, Judy Davis. So, yes, producing is something I love doing and um, I love, you know, collaborating, working with um, filmmakers and most importantly, connecting with audiences. Yeah, it's really fantastic. Such an awesome portfolio, Sue. Some brilliant films there. I personally love Dressmaker, one of my favourite Australian films. Um, so now kind of looking towards the Natalie Miller Fellowship, obviously you are the president of this uh, really fantastic organisation. What actually drew you to get involved when you first got involved? I think I might actually rewind a little earlier because when I first started out um, in the industry and started out in Melbourne, I didn't know anyone. Uh, I had come, I'd grown up in the country. I went to university in Canberra and then I moved to Melbourne to finish editing a film and loved it down here and stayed, but I didn't have a network. So I sort of thought, oh, well, maybe I could find other women who were, you know, working in uh, film at that time. 
and I knew about Women in Film and Television in Sydney. So I started asking around and was told, well, there is no Women in Film and TV or WIFT as we know it um, in Melbourne. Um, and I sort of thought, well, maybe we should just start one. And so kind of a group of us got together. At, this was back in 1989. And it was um, the beginning of work, you know, networking with women and looking at the representation of women not only on screen but also behind the camera and realizing that certainly back then women were significantly underrepresented so um, so we a group of us we started that organization we built the network i'm really pleased to say that after all of this time we is still going strong in melbourne and uh, out of that came you know a really a 35-year engagement um, with gender diversity in particular and opening up more you know broader ideas around diversity on screen but certainly uh, the need to really ensure that we have a, an Australian film culture that represents the voices of women um, I'm pleased to say that you know there's been a significant change over that time and certainly I had a lot of battles trying to get the dressmaker financed because I was told over and over it was a film that was skewed very female and that wasn't considered a, um, a commercial audience. That idea has gone and you would have seen certainly in the last five years or so there's just been an explosion of interest and content and um, engagement with women filmmakers. So that's all been really exciting, but there's no point having that explosion in creative energy and work if all of that work gets developed up and even made, but the people who decide what gets financed or what gets actually programmed on our screens are all men. This is where you need to start to really look at, well, who occupies the leadership roles in this um, industry? Who gets to green light? And that's where the Natalie Miller Fellowship comes in. So we've always been really, really focused on trying to recognise, to nurture and to assist women to really develop their um, leadership ambitions and to get a seat at the table, the seat at the table that shapes the, um, the screen industry in which we're all part of. To sort of move along from that, just back to what you mentioned um, just before the end there, talking about how there's been an increase in the number of films um, surrounded on women's issues and sort of women-focused um, or driven stories um, throughout, like across your career and through your experience. Uh, do you want to just talk a bit more about how, like, have you noticed a shift in the attitude from the public in demanding more gender diversity? Um, I think the public is made up of half women. In fact, it's 51% in terms of statistical um, diversity. And that public has always been underserved, has always been interested. Not like there's a sudden interest in stories about women. Um, that audience has always been interested in stories about women, but they've not had access to the stories because by and large, the industry has been shaped and um, you know dominated by men for years. Now that's changing. So it's taken away some of the barriers, which is why we're starting to see a kind of a flood of creative energy and an engagement and why when a film like The Dressmaker does break through, everybody sort of stands back and gets surprised that it's become, you know, one of Australia's all time, you know, biggest box office um, smash hits. 
But on many levels, those of us who are making the film, we've known all along that there's an audience for these kind of films. Um, you know, I mean, even in making films like Road to Nil back in the early 90s, we were convinced there was an audience that would be interested in a kind of crazy story about four bowling ladies, older women. Um, and there was that that film stayed in cinemas for about nine months and it was a limited release on less than 20 screens. It still made a million dollars back then. Uh, similarly, Japanese story, we were convinced that there was a female audience. Why were we convinced? Because we go to the movies. We look around us, we look who's in the movies. It's women, women who are used to seeing movies driven through a male lens over and over again, that once you take away that male lens and open up a female lens on how you might see the world, all of a sudden go, yes, I want to see these movies. Absolutely. And like both April and I really do hope that this is a, you know, this is an issue that continues to be addressed and continues to improve because yes, there has been improvement, but obviously more improvement still needs to come. Kind of going through this and going along this, how do you see the Natalie Miller Fellowship um, progressing into the future? It's only obviously going to get bigger, but do you see it um, maybe changing or adapting? Um, how do you see it going into the future? Look, the Natalie Miller Fellowship, uh, which at its core has every year offered a $20,000 uh, fellowship or grant to a woman um, to help her further her um, professional development and leadership um, goals. Uh, we do a number of things in addition to that. So we will run uh, events, uh, webinars, we've run a Brilliant Careers um, Leadership Forum uh, twice now. So we're kind of responding to, well, what is it that women want? And we listen to that and then we shape um, the kind of work that we do to actually meet those needs. Where the biggest change and the one that's really, really important to us now is that we broaden the definition of um, diversity. And uh, to that extent, we're really focusing on um, Indigenous women and women of colour. And we're also, um, you know, being taking a critique about our use of the word women and opening it up more to female and female identified people. Such important work. And I just want to talk to you a bit about, obviously, um, the fellowship is doing fantastic things, but outside of that and sort of in the broader um, industry, what other things do you think could be done or need to be done to also help improve gender diversity? There's um, a lot of things that continue to need to be done, in particular looking at the chronic underrepresentation of women directors and women in key creative roles such as um, production design, composing and ensuring that how, you know, asking the question, well, how do, how do people get those opportunities? How does anyone get those opportunities? And most of all, it's um, a word of mouth business that we operate in it's through networking so we we have to look at how we can um, encourage the networks and in those male dominated areas they're still very male dominated networks how we can encourage them to take the chance take the punt on talented women um, i'm not in favor of hard and fixed um, quotas i'm more in favor of um, signing up uh, men and women alike to to goals of um, you know gender equity 
and working with people to try and find, create the opportunities, push for the opportunities that get more women in. So that's attachments, internships, um, you know, opportunities, for instance, that the Directors Guild have been leading where on television series, insisting that um, at least, you know, one of the directors on where there's multi-directors on episodes, are always, there's always a woman engaged. So affirmative action, all for it. We need to continue to look at where are the gaps, where are women not represented, how can we get women in there? Absolutely. No, they sound, they sound brilliant. And I think, you know, if we can do all of them, then we're going to have a really positive future in store. Um, and yeah, as I said, you know, we are on the improve, but I think there's still so much more that can be done and it would be really wonderful to see these achieved. Um, now, so you've probably already answered this in your previous questions, but we'd like to kind of um, ask it just at the end or as we get to the end of the interview, just to get any more thoughts. But why is it so important that we do achieve further gender diversity behind the camera in the screen industry? Um, I think it's really important both behind the camera and on the screen. Um, behind the camera, because if you have, and this has been shown, and Lisa French has done this research work really well, if you have women key creatives, writer, producer, director, there's a significantly, like, you know, significantly higher percentage of the of films that will have a female protagonist. So that is films that are driven by a central female character. Uh, in short, you know, women tend to be interested in women's stories, men tend to be interested in men's stories, not always mutually exclusive, but that, that is pretty much how it works. So that's why you have to get more women behind the camera. Getting women onto the screen, why does it matter? Well, Gina Davis sums it up beautifully. She just, you know, in her words, if you can see it, you can be it. So for successive generations of girls and young women coming on, to be able to see women in complex, powerful, messy, emotional um, action, doesn't matter, but to be able to see women in the full gamut of, you know, human activity is um, really, really important for our culture across the board. Absolutely. I've just got one follow-up and I'll see if Nick does as well after, but um, just sort of from your own perspective and more broadly, when female-driven productions do have the success like The Dressmaker had, do you think that really like really does help improve the cause and help create more opportunities for women? That's a really good question um, and it sort of speaks to um, when there is success from, from one film or from one you know woman who breaks through into a, an area it opens the door for other women to do the same. So I've you know one of the things I'm most proud of with The Dressmaker is that it opened the way for films like Ride Like a Girl. And I've had that conversation with Rachel Griffiths. It opened the way for Sue Millican to get Ladies in Black made. She and Bruce Beresford had been trying to make that film for 20 years. They got it made the year after The Dressmaker came out. So yes, it's really, really important that, um, that each, each time that we have a breakthrough, that as women, we recognise that responsibility and that you know, we, we work to help to create further opportunities for other women. Absolutely. Look, Sue, this has been brilliant. Um, we really both appreciate your insights and all the valuable information and personal experiences you've shared with us today. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add on the topic? Um, any other final thoughts? I think um, my dream is that in 10 years' time, 
that we won't even have to do interviews like this. There will not be the question, you know, do we need to do more for women on screen and women behind the camera? Because it'll just be the norm. That's my dream. Thank you so much, Sue, for your time and for sharing your insights on this topic. We've been your hosts, April Austin and Nick Angus. If you enjoyed this interview, make sure to tune in to our other episodes where we sit down for a chat with the likes of academic and member of the Gender Matters Task Force, Lisa French, and cinematographer Katie Milwright, and hear about their experiences with gender diversity in the Australian screening industry. Lastly, thanks to Jason Markutsis for the music used in this podcast, and thank you for taking the time to listen.